And welcome in to yet another podcast right here on Next Round Preps. I'm John Lunsford, joined as always by Jerry Young. And Jerry, we got to see a little bit of a blowout in our first game there for the Thompson Warriors as Thompson wins 55 to nothing over Oxford, who is only a couple years removed from a state championship. Uh, first, real quick, before we dive into any other games, of course, that's the game we're going to be calling each week. What did you see from Thompson, the, the reigning 7A state champion? I saw what I thought I would see, with the exception of too many penalties. And I know first game, always a little extra stuff to work on. But you know, I had two touchdowns called back, still won 55 to nothing, could have won any score they wanted to, which was shocking about Oxford, not shocking about Thompson. But it was shocking about Oxford that they had fallen that that far down of course they lost so many players and also a new coach so they're rebuilding and we understand that but Thompson's offense looked great their defense uh, put a goose egg on the board which we assume that they would and there were a lot of players played in that game so Thompson it also showed us the depth of Thompson yeah we'll see how Oxford rebounds and how they perform overall in 6a region 7 they've moved out of region 6 which is a really tough one they've moved up there where they basically compete with Fort Payne for region 7 um some other games we talked about last week will go from the the team we call to the team I used to be a part of and that's the Homewood Patriots getting a bit of a bounce back from their first game last year you know we highlighted that as one of the games and I've got several I want to talk about we talked about last week but that's the top one Homewood lost last year 49 to 14 they come back on the last second field goal, I believe it was, 37-34 to beat Hillcrest-Tuscaloosa. That was just shows me a lot about both schools. It shows me Hillcrest is still strong, number one. But Homewood is building back to where we think they should be and a good way to kick off the season. Yeah, it'll be real interesting to see where Homewood falls within 6A Region 5, another team from 6A Region 5 that we used to see a lot in 7A Region 3. That's Mountain Brook. They dropped down. And they just thumped Vestavia. Not a good start there for Sean Calhoun, uh, first-year coach there, taking over for Bundy Anderson. It's impossible to take over for a legend like that, I know. Uh, that's like following Bear Bryant, like following Bobby Bowden, all these major coaches. Um, it's tough to follow that act, but rough for Vestavia there as they took on Mountain Brook. And Mountain Brook Homewood going to be competing for that region title. Yeah, and I thought Vestavia with the, just the excitement, you know, and a, and a whole new change. But, you know, you go back to Buddy Anderson, you got to understand, it was done the same way. Every single year, every single week, every single day for the last humpteen years. So the kids have to get used to a whole lot being new. You know, just the change in practice, change in offense, change in defense. So I was shocked that the score was that big. Mountain Brook could be strong, though. Oh, they could. Coming down from 7A Region 3. What other games stood out to you from last week? Yeah, Briarwood, of course, they beat Madison Academy. We talked about it. Another one, Oak Mountain and Chelsea. They were tied for a long time in that ball game, and then Oak Mountain pulled away to win it 46-19. to Clay Chalk will blank Shades Valley. No big uh, story there. They won 40 to nothing. Um, a game down in South Alabama that we wanted to keep an eye on was Foley at Robertsdale. Now, the reason I wanted to do that is because Foley has had several years off. They only won two games last year, but they finally start with a win. Derek Scott gets his first win uh, as a first – First first game win as a head coach, 28-19 to 19 over Robertsdale. So congratulations to them. Then we also, uh, you know, Pinson Valley and Hewitt Trustful, probably the most talked about game in the state as Hewitt Trustful comes in ranked number four. They came back, they won 49-27. to 27, And then uh, the team that Thompson's taking on this week, the 7A school Sparkman, played 6A Gardendale. Gardendale strong, they won 34-20. to 20. 
Yeah, Gardale, part of that 6A region. Six, we talked about last week, kind of saying, you know, which is the toughest region. 7A region three is where everybody goes to, but I think 6A region six, really, really tough. Clay Chaltville, Gardendale, Pinson Valley, uh, who you mentioned, who lost to Hewitt Trustville. Kind of a, a similar start for Hewitt and Pinson from last year. So we'll see how those two teams perform. Hoover getting the big win over North Gwinnett. So they're at number two. Auburn third, like I said, Hewitt Trustville at number four. Um, you know, Hewitt. Hewitt and, and Hoover and Thompson obviously coming from the same region. 7A Region 3 is going to be a region that's going to have multiple teams in there. You mentioned Oak Mountain as well. Those are your four playoff teams from last year. If a team like Spain Park could potentially work their way in there, they got to win over Huntsville in week one or week zero, I guess I should say. Um, you know, Vestavia didn't look hot to start with. They get Homewood this week. We'll preview that in a second. But, um, you know, they're a team that typically is competing for a playoff spot. Um, so we'll see if they can work their way in there. But, yeah, when you look at the, the top – uh, ranked teams, you're going to see 7A Region 3, and you're going to see 7A Region 2 because Central is always going to be there. Right. Auburn now, uh, you know, after playing in the state championship game, and we talked about Prattville. Prattville is a team that we, we hope to see work their way back in. They won last week, so they're starting uh, starting at 1-0. So did Enterprise. Enterprise is a team that's going to be sitting there. So uh, 7A Region 3, 7A Region 2, uh, probably a safe bet you can pick your two Super 7 teams from there. However, you can't just – right in a pen any any team from one of those regions in the super seven well we know how successful adam weingarten has been at auburn he moves over to tuscaloosa county we expect to see tuscaloosa county which is also a region three team by the way yep. to get better maybe not this year but they will get better the question is john as much as uh as we have hung around keith etheridge from being at leeds and as his tour has continued Will it get even better? Can Keith Etheridge bring that blue map home to Auburn? He's a great coach, a great guy. We all know him, and that's that's the question is how – is he now in 7A on the big stage? Can he handle it? I think he can. He's a coach that, like you said, has moved up. You go to Leeds, you go to uh, Oxford, where he's coming from now. And, you know, I, I think he's the kind of coach that can perform on the big stage. Uh, Auburn's a team that – you assume would be in the running to make it back. You have Patrick Nix, who has also stepped up to 7A. And, you know, last year, the, their opponent this this week is Ufala. Last year, they lost to Ufala. So you kind of wondered, could Patrick Nix handle moving in to a school that had a, a coach like Jamie DeBose, who's one of the best that we've ever had in this state before moving on to uh, coach in Georgia and collect that retirement money here from the state of Alabama. Right. But, um, you know, looking at this week's games, this we kind of transition into the games we have this week. I think – this is going to be a big test, finally, for some of these coaches. You have Central Phoenix City with Patrick Nix taking on Ufala, a team they, they lost to last year. You have Auburn with Keith Etheridge taking on Opelika, one of their rivals they play every single year. Auburn won 37-10 last year. Opelika leads this series. Opelika lost to a team, pretty good team out of Georgia last week. So what happens in that one? Um, you know, with Tuscaloosa County, they're taking on a Hillcrest team this week that just lost to Homewood. Um, you know, can they go in and win that game? Hillcrest usually a fairly good 6A team over there in Region 4. So you do start to look at these coaches and say, okay, well, now what? You, you had your first game. We've seen a little bit, but now you're going to play even tougher competition. Now, and then, of course, you, when you hit region play for a team like Tuscaloosa County, it turns into a completely different ball game. Um, and Thompson has Tuscaloosa County first. So, you know, good, good luck with that. That's right. That's their first region game, which will be a week from tomorrow. So we'll look for that as well. Yeah. So let's jump into some of the games we have coming up. You mentioned Thompson. They're taking on Spartman. Uh, that'll be the first home game for Thompson as we went to Oxford um, last week. Dominate Oxford last week. Spartman fell to Gardendale, like you mentioned. Don't know how uh, how good of a matchup this will be. Thompson won last year 39-7. to But Spartman, a team that 
after losing to Gardendale and Thompson last year, rattled off four straight wins and ended up making the playoffs. That's right. So you can't ever tell. Sparkman has come a long way in the last couple of years. Uh, they built a new facility up there, remodeled everything that they had. So, so has Tuscaloosa County, by the way. If you have seen pictures on social media, they are off the charts excited about their new facilities. The new turf went down just about a week ago, and they're practicing on it now. But, yes, you're right. Sparkman made an effort. So they've got talent, got enough kids on campus for sure to pull from, but they never have been able to get off the hump. Let me go back to Spartman last year. You know, Hoover beat them in the first round of the playoffs. And, of course, we beat them the first, their first game of the year last year. So you know they would like nothing better than to knock off a Region Three team and establish themselves as a school in 7A that can compete. So it could be a sleeper for Thompson. I don't think so. I don't think Sparkman's got the talent, but we'll see how that works out. Yeah, their season was kind of sandwiched with Thompson on the front end and Hoover on the back end, who they had to play in the playoffs. Obviously didn't go well for them. Hoover got a big win to move on in the uh, in the 7A playoffs. Hoover, they're taking on Alpharetta out of Georgia, another out-of-state team. Yeah. Alpharetta actually not a great team. They went 4-6 and six last year. The last time they had more than six wins was 2017. So not the typical, hey, we're going to go play the top team out of Georgia. matchup right. you typically get from a team like Hoover, but taking on an out-of-state team. Nonetheless, so, you know, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, I think Hoover handling with no problem, but that'll be good for them. No doubt. Obviously, representing the state well every time Hoover steps out and plays uh, national competition. Hewitt Trustful, they're taking on Sarah Lynn. This is a game we didn't get to see last year. Sarah Lynn, a team that's made the, the Super 7, I believe, twice since 2014. You know, we didn't get to see this because of a COVID forfeit for Sarah Lynn last year. So, right. really good 6A team with a really good defense taking on a Hewitt Trustful team that's looked at as one of the top in the state. I got it highlighted, not because of Hewitt Trustful in Region 3, but because of what you just said, Sarah Lynn. I think they're a sleeper team in 6A. I think that's going to be a real good ball game. I'll be looking forward to hearing you find out what the score is at the end of the, our broadcast. No doubt. One we're going to keep an eye on uh, with Josh Floyd, you know, and his ties to Gus Malzahn. I always think offense with Hewitt Trustville. And when I think uh, 6A Region 1, Sarah Lynn, Spanish Fort, when St. Paul stepped up for a while, Blunt, some really good defenses down there as well. Um, another game from 7A Region 3, Oak Mountain taking on Pelham. This is a game, Oak Mountain, you mentioned they were tied with Chelsea 13-13. Final score ended up being a little different, 46-19. to They pulled away. I was shocked when I read the score at halftime that it was 13-13 between Oak Mountain and Chelsea. They won like 38-2. to I don't have it in front of me. Something like that last right. year. A blowout. A little shocked. They ended up pulling away. Pelham, a team, though, that was the region champ last year, should be a good 7-8 versus 6-8 game. Yeah, and you know, Chris Bell leaving Oak Mountain, nobody ever thought that he would ever leave. They, everybody that I knew said Chris will be there forever so he departs new coach comes into oak mountain and they run up to score first game congratulations to them pelham is going to be a better team a better uh opponent for them this week and we'll see how that goes as well you mentioned homewood at vestavia that's going to be another huge ball game i've got one highlighted too and only because they seem to be a rival and that's jasper and coleman not because they're two great teams but that's just a one of those classic in-state rivalry, so to speak. Yeah, Jasper, obviously the former Walker High School uh, back in our day. And Jasper, they moved from 5A to 6A. They uh, took on Mars Hill last, year, uh, last week. I mean, it's a game. Look, Mars Hill's good, and we'll talk about pound for pound, one of the best teams in the state. It's still a 2A versus a 6A when they play right. each other. Jasper gets the win in that one two years in a row against them. But they've moved into that 6A region 6. That's a very, very tough region to play in. Um, where you have Mortimer Jordan kind of joined with them. You have Minor, you have Clay Chalville, you have Pinson Valley, you have a lot of really, really good teams. And, you know, this is going to be a test for them because Coleman is a team that can compete for a region title. 
um, up in in their region. So it's gonna it's gonna be a good matchup between these two because. You know, Coleman has to compete. I'm trying to nail off the top of the head. I'll hunt in front of me. Muscle Shoals in right. that region, Athens in that region, teams that they're competing with. And these are two teams that typically you look at as playoff teams, but have kind of fallen off a little bit as of late. Athens has been real good. Muscle Shoals always really strong. So it'll kind of be a test for them before they get into region play. Briarwood Christian uh, goes to Spain Park. You know, that Spain Park just barely beat them by a touchdown last year. Briarwood they had to come re- back to beat them by a touchdown. That's right. It had the game in control is what I was going to say. So that's going to be a, an interesting matchup, and, and um, you know, we'll see how that game fares as well. One game, too, that I have highlighted, can Prattville continue its comeback? I know it's just one game in the season, but J.B. Wallace is the new head coach down at Prattville. The Lions are excited. They play Stanhope Elmore. That's a rivalry game, even though Stanhope Elmore is a 6A school. So uh, we'll see. That's going to be an interesting score this time next week to kind of break that down as well. Yeah, they beat Wetumpka in that first game. And that region down there with Wetumpka, Stanhope Elmore, it's Region 3. Pelham is in that region. Helena is in that region. Kind of, um, you know, Mountain Brook coming down, some things shifting around, kind of you know, blew up some of these regions around here and what's considered the Birmingham area. A team like Pelham would play teams like Homewood, Briarwood. They move out. They would move out with Helena because it's kind of a package deal now with those two schools fairly close. And and Wetumpka losing as bad as it did last week kind of surprised me because they're always a team that's competing for uh, that region. You have uh, Ben Russell, who's fallen off a little bit. Pelham's now in that region because Opelika shifted out. Um, you have uh, Kalira who, you know, for a while there under Andrew Zhao, you kind of wondered if they would build up with Tomka, who's usually strong as well. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Prattville, Sandhill, Belmore. You mentioned that they are a big rivalry. I had a friend who actually played for Sandhill, Belmore when I was in school. We played each other in the semifinals back in 2004 and never really paid much attention to football down there until then. Of course, Prattville was making super sixes back in the day, left and right, um, and kind of Turn me on to that rivalry, a really good rivalry going on down there. Um, with teams around there, we mentioned Auburn, Opelika. We mentioned Ufala taking on Central Phoenix City. I want to go further south and talk about a game all the way down to Spanish Fort at St. Paul's. Yeah. Two teams that are constantly playing for uh, state championships. Spanish Fort made it last year, fell to Pinson. St. Paul's uh, made it all the way. They went 15-0 and last year. However, St. Paul's last year beat McAdory that first game before going on that 15-game run. They fall in week one to McAdory. Bit of an upset, 21-7. to seven. Um, At least I think it's a bit of an upset. I Maybe think it's, it's a not, huge upset. But that's a 5A school versus a 6A. The 5A loss, but still an upset. St. Paul's didn't lose a game last year, including this one, 17-14. But they lose a lot of their best players, including five All-State players. Spanish Fort at St. Paul's. This is one to keep an eye on throughout the, throughout the night on Friday night. And McGill Tulin, we got to talk about that for a second, because in – their game against Pike Road, a record-setting game when it came to points scored. Um, absolute drubbing. I'm trying to pull the score up right here. Uh, 76-51. Yeah, and I was going to say 70-something. Pike Road, 76. McGill Tool and 51. It's a 5A over a 6A. What used to be a 7A, what used to be a 3A. Just a couple years ago, that was a 3A versus a 7A game, and the, the former 3A team won. But you have McGill Tool down there. You have Spanish Fort. You have Saralyn. You have Blunt which since Kadarius Tony left hasn't quite been the same team, but still a playoff team. And then you have Gulf Shores. And you mentioned they beat Alberta. They have Brookwood this week. Should be a, a, a win for them. Brookwood's had a, a little bit of a struggle there in Region 4. But then you get Spanish Fort. Yeah. Then you get McGill Tulin. Then you get Robertsdale. You get Citronelle, who's moved up in classification. So, okay, you know maybe you can get a couple wins there. Then you get Saralyn. You get Baldwin County, who's 
right on the edge every year making the playoffs, and then you get blunt. So, you know, can they make it this year? I'm thinking no. If I had to pick the four teams, I'd say in some order, Spanish Fort, Sarah Blunt, McGill Tulin with maybe Baldwin County in there. But it's, it's a team that, you know, I'd like to see jump up and, and, you know, be successful down there. Can we change gears just a little bit? I want to I bring up the NIL. That seems to be sure. a lot of questions that I've been asked this week. Uh, name, image, and likeness in college football. We, we was reported a couple of weeks ago that a player in Texas, a quarterback, decided to forego his senior season in order to take money for his name, image, or likeness on the college level. It bothers me that it's trickling down. I'm not sure that they've thought this thing through all the way down to high school. What's your opinion on 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 this name, image, likeness? Yeah, you know, I think when it comes to players leaving early or trying to get around the system, basketball is the first one I go to. You know, it's interesting how I've seen these basketball players kind of shift out. And a lot of that has to do with AAU teams and how uh, they're recruited from those different teams and the, the kind of teams that they play for. And, you know, that doesn't have to do with the NIL necessarily, but that has to do with how quick can we get to the big bucks in the NBA. Right. And with football, you have to wait three years, no matter what. You're not going, you know, straight into the NFL from high school. And they shouldn't, I don't think, go from high school. You can look at certain players, and I've heard them say, well, you know, player X, Y, or Z, I think maybe could have made it in the NFL. Right. Nobody, I don't think, can make it in the NFL out of, out of high school. So, the NIL now gives a chance, okay, well, I can make some of those big bucks. You know, there's talk of Bryce Young making over a million dollars pretty quickly at Alabama, who's, right. you know, the supposed starter, starting quarterback. Hadn't even played hadn't it even, down. Even, already, right. Yeah, hadn't even started yet, and, and he's already making over a million dollars. But, you know, I think NIL in high school is going to start trickling down a little bit to where, oh, you're telling me I can do X, Y, or Z and be able to skip my senior year or go ahead and get in on some of that money. The thing is – I overall have supported NIL because I thought college football players should be able to get something. If I'm buying a jersey with, you know, Mac Jones' number on the back last year, right. Mac Jones, the whole reason I'm getting that number is because it's Mac Jones. You know, when I was in um, college, I bought a number four jersey. The only reason I bought the number four jersey was because of Tyrone Prothrow after he got injured. Like, that's why you buy that jersey. You bought a seven because you watched Jay Barker. You know, you, you, you buy these numbers because right. of certain people. And th I think they should get a cut of that. Now, I think maybe it's the wild, wild west a little bit right now because they said, sure, we're going to open it up, but we're not, really, we're not really sure about how to regulate it the right way. So it's kind of, hey, anybody, we could, we could go right now from this podcast to Bo Nix and say, hey, you're a former Pinson player from this area. We're going to pay you $500 and – promote our podcast or something you right, know we could right. go to Bryce Young and say hey promote our podcast you know that's that's fine and well but there are certain people who would take advantage of that and there are certain people who would throw big bucks at right. these players and they'll entice them to mess something up along the way in their eligibility they'll they'll entice them to leave high school early because hey you're a top recruit I think the, the perfect example right now is what's going to happen with Arch Manning uh the youngest Manning that's now the, one of the top recruits, prize recruit, where's he going to go? Where's he going to play? You think he's a Manning. Obviously, you go to Ole Miss, Tennessee, something like that. But he's a good enough player. He can go anywhere. Who pays him to come play there? You know, that's 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 the thing. It's not does he go follow in the family's legacy. It's who pays him the most. But the question is, John, what if he forgoes his senior year and goes ahead and takes the money? That's where somebody's got to come in there and stop that. I don't know how you're going to be able to stop it, but – giving a kid that's 17 years old a half a million dollars 
to advertise a chain of barbecue restaurants in <laughs> Texas. You know, I can't blame him for not taking the half a million. I'll take it. I know. I mean, I cannot. It's like if you said right now, I'll give you a half million dollars and you don't do any broadcasting this season, I'll take the half million. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, um, so I get it. But, you know, it's just a dangerous waters that we're treading right here. And I, uh, I, I don't know what the answer is. I just don't think that they thought it all the way through. And I'm worried about what it may end up doing to high school. And also, is somebody going to sue and say, Hey, uh, in high school, they'd make the same money, too. And, and the question, I guess, you know, becomes, well, if college players can do it, can high school players do it? That's correct. Can we just make it where, you know, the local restaurant down the street, the top, you know, the quarterback for whatever team can do a commercial for him, even if he doesn't get paid. I've always thought one way maybe you did the payment in college was you do a deferred payment. You can do all this advertising. You can do get a percentage of jersey sales. You can do all this stuff. You know, you're a starting quarterback at Alabama or Auburn. You're what's bringing in money a lot of times. So you almost set up a fund to where when they graduate or they officially turn pro, then they get that money. You know, is it going to get to where high school does something like that? Or distributed among the team. That's the other thing. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at the big players on Thompson, for example, with Connor Harrell. If somebody, a used car dealer, wants to get him to advertise used cars, then shouldn't all the players on the team? So is it going to end up in high school? I don't know. I just think we need to be aware of that and bring that question up. No doubt. Uh, NIL has uh, been the biggest question among college sports and really all the sports throughout the summer. We'll see if it will continue uh, to impact high school football or can we keep the game fairly pure here in the state of Alabama? Of course, every state's different. Alabama's had to sign their own NL, NIL laws um, just like every other state. So we'll see what the AHSAA does. That's a big first right. question for Alfred Briggs now to see. Uh, that's right. How and do he's going to be our guest at halftime, which you're going to get to interview him at halftime. Uh, on the Warrior Nation Network one Friday night. So uh, that might be a good question to ask him. No doubt. He uh, has a lot on his plate coming in for, you know, we talked about replacing Buddy Anderson, replacing Steve Savarese, kind of the same thing. That's a name, obviously, that's been around forever and ever and ever. So we'll see what happens this week in high school football. We'll recap all the scores for you from what is officially week one uh, here. We were week zero last week. I know it gets confusing, but week one, we'll be out of Thompson taking on Spartan first home game there for the Warriors and then region play next week. We'll finally be able to talk some region play and kind of preview where we see some of these teams ultimately falling within each region. For Jerry Young, I'm John Lunsford. This has been Next Round Preps.